to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Take your Bibles, go to John chapter 17. Father, I thank you for your word tonight and uh, new revelation in your kingdom. Father, I thank you for opening our hearts and our eyes up to the kingdom concept and what you're trying to get over to the church right now. We thank you for the spirit of God who leads and guides us into all truth. And we thank you more and more truth we get in, more and more the lies we get out of. I thank you for what you're going to do tonight in the hearts of each and every person here and listening also on the tapes. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, John chapter 17. Look at verse 15. Jesus was actually praying. He said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, after reading this scripture, and you think about it, most of us have believed and been taught that we're all from the planet Earth. We order our lives according to the governments of the Earth. We order our lives according to the culture of the Earth. We eat the food that the earth provides. We raise our families on earth. Our parents never knew anything but the earth. Our grandparents never even thought about anything but the earth. But notice what it says here. It says that we are not of the world even as he is not of the world. How many of you believe that Jesus came from another place and he came into the world to do a certain purpose that he had come here to do? And here he says that we're the same way. Basically, we are from a different place. We believe, most of us, that we are stuck on earth and we only have access to what the earth has to offer each and every one of us. We limit our whole lives to what's on this planet. We have lost touch with reality, basically spiritual reality. How many of you know you are a spirit? You have a soul, you live in a physical body. Those who claim to basically know the king himself do not understand that we also belong to a country that supersedes the human country that we associate with, and that country is heaven itself. We have become citizens of a spiritual country, and we have access to that country, the Bible says, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus knew this. He was aware of it. Basically, one time when he was feeding people who he had preached to for three days, he basically wanted to give them some food. He came to his disciples, says, let's feed the 5,000. And, of course, they said, we only have seven loaves and two fish. Notice their eyesight was completely on earth. What was going to provide for them the earth? What was going to take care of them the earth? But Jesus lifted up his eyes. He broke it, and he passed it out, and it fed 5,000 people. How I many you know that's sort of a little bit beyond the natural realm? So Jesus was seen from a different angle. He didn't panic. He didn't get nervous. He knew that he had supply as a citizen of another country beyond the earth realm. As long as you stay and keep your hope and your faith in the earth realm, you'll receive only what the earth realm has to offer you. And that's why a lot of people in the church are basically suffering right now because there's not how much the earth has to even give you at this time. So many times we think of the kingdom of God as a term like Jesus that we use in prayer. We end our prayers within the kingdom. We end our prayer in Jesus' name. And we do it not even thinking about what the kingdom of God is. But the kingdom of God is real. It is a real place. It comes from a country called heaven. So basically we, we don't consider heaven any more than we consider Mars as our home country. We don't even think about it. So what do we do? We do not contact the country that we're from and the citizenship that we have in a spiritual country called heaven. We think the kingdom of God basically comprises some kind of invisible future destination. This is what I always looked at heaven of. What is heaven? Well, it's a place I'm going to go when I die. 
Well, what good is it now? It's not a good place until I die and go to heaven when I go. And what's heaven all about? It's a place to go when you die and go to heaven. I never thought of heaven being anything right now as a real country, a real place where I was a citizen, and I could actually make contact with and receive what heaven had for me as a citizen. So God has difficulty getting over to us the real message that Jesus tried to deliver to us. Here he's saying right here in these verses, I am not of this world. We all say, Amen. And then he says, well, you're not all of this world either. And you say, what the heck are you talking about there? Because we really don't understand that we are from another country also. He wants us to become full citizens of the kingdom of God, and he wants us to take advantage of it right now today. Anyone who claims Christ as their Savior becomes a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Most leave their citizenship on a shelf until they die and go to heaven. The kingdom has basically become something religious. What is it? It's something religious that I end up in when I die and hopefully go to heaven when the time comes. We don't think of it as citizenship. We don't think of it as being part of a spiritual family right now, not when we die and go to heaven. We do not realize that citizenship should be making a difference in every single area of your life. Not only provision, but in your peace and in your joy and everything that there is. Heaven should be your source of all these things. We are legal citizens in the family of God itself. All right, go to Luke chapter 17. We sing songs, you know, about uh, and all things are possible with God. Nothing's impossible for us. All things are possible. But we just say those as words, not understanding the reason behind that is because you're a citizen connected to a God who does all possible. There's nothing that can hold him back. And when you have that connection with him, you know, and we have a legal right for him to do things in our right. Miracles are a divine right that you should have. Basically, if you're living in the kingdom of God, you shouldn't need a miracle. Because you shouldn't have any problems anyway. If you're living in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost and operating your authority and your faith and your power, you don't need a miracle. It's when you're going astray in the wrong direction is when you get off the path and then you come back and you need a miracle for something. But miracles to Jesus weren't really anything special. I mean, look, he says, throw your net in there and I'll just holler at some fish and they'll drive into the net. He wasn't nervous. They were having trouble. What did he do? He walked on the water and went out to get them. All these are natural spiritual things that people can do who are kingdom citizens. I know that's hard to think about. It's hard to believe. But I believe that Adam could walk on water before he sinned. I believe he could do everything that Jesus did. He was the first Adam. Jesus was the second Adam. They were both sent from heaven as spiritual people, basically. And they could do those things because they had authority over the fish of the sea, the fall of the air, the water, over storms, and over every single thing. We don't see that. We say that as Jesus having those things, but not us having those things. Well, Jesus was a citizen and a son, and you are also a citizen, and you are also a son and daughter of the living God. All right, Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them, and he said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? Notice, now the kingdom of God is within us. It's on the inside of us. The kingdom of God and the flow of everything spiritual comes from the inside of you because you are a spiritual being. So you cannot really see kingdom citizenship. You can't walk up to somebody and say, oh, I can see you're a citizen of the kingdom because it's spiritual and it's basically invisible. So you cannot see the kingdom of God. You must experience the kingdom of God for other people to see the kingdom of God in your life. If you're living in the kingdom, you can live in the kingdom right now. 
Once again, not when you die and when you go to heaven. We accepted basically the idea of heaven is a real place where you go after you die. But the kingdom of God is real and active right now, today. And really, you know, when I was told and I got born again and people said, when you die, you're going to go to heaven, I never really questioned the reality of heaven. People said, what are you going to do when you die? I'm going to go to heaven. But when I started getting the reality of heaven being available to me right now as a country, I had trouble getting over into that realm because nobody else was thinking like that. They were just saying, and everybody's saying, I can't wait till I get to heaven. We sing songs about can't wait till we fly away, oh, fly away, oh, fly away to get into heaven. Why? Because we can have peace and joy when we're in heaven. Nobody told me I could have peace and joy while I was on earth and then go to heaven anyway because we separated the stuff. In earth, we were just supposed to do the best we could and see what happened, and hopefully we made the cut, and if we did, we went to heaven, and everything was going to be all right. But heaven was a country, and it's real now. Not just when you die, all at once heaven becomes real and you enter into it. No, heaven's been real from day one. It's a spiritual country, and it's a country that we are citizens of. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 12. This is talking about the time before you entered the kingdom of God. It says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers from the covenants of promise. You had no hope, and you were without God. And where were you? In the world. So this is who we were before we got born again. And Adam and Eve, when they came, basically, this, they were in a place where they were hooked up with God. They had the Holy Spirit. They knew about the kingdom of God. But what they did, basically, was they declared their independence from the kingdom of heaven and from their citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. When they did that, they lost Christ or the Holy Spirit on the inside of them because he cannot dwell in a vessel that's not righteous. And they became unrighteous at that time. And heaven started to seem far away to people at that time in the Old Testament. You don't see them talking about God as their father. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked about God as their father, and they wanted to stone him for doing it. Why? Because they were so separated from it. They were earth people, and they had no idea there was a heaven, really no idea there was a father God. There was just a God. And you better do what was right, or that God was going to smash you, basically. And that's the idea that they had of God. So they were separated. Now, once you get born again back into the kingdom of God, if you start studying the kingdom and staying in the word of God, pretty soon you're going to feel like you belong in another place. You ever feel like this world just ain't for me, man? This just, this just ain't it. I'm telling you right now. You know why? Because it's not. This isn't it. We're supposed to be there. That's the kind of lifestyle we're supposed to be living. That's the home country that we came from was up there. So all at once, everything's reversed. All at once, instead of heaven being this distant country, all at once, earth loses its hold on you for everything that earth tries to put into your life, the thoughts, the ideas, and the things that it tries to give you. So basically, you start changing back. You start getting the language of the kingdom. You start getting the culture of the kingdom. You start operating with the morals of the kingdom. You start to the values of the kingdom. Why? Because the kingdom is more important to you all at once than the earth that you're even living on right here. I tell you, if we just had a revelation of this, we quit boohooing when somebody died. Oh, they left earth. They're gone. My God, they left earth. Well, good. Praise God. It was time for them probably to leave earth. Let them out of here, for goodness sakes. They're going back to the home country where they're at, and they'll come back to earth once again and rule the reign later on. But we make it seem like this is the real place. Heaven's this other place. This is where we belong. And when you die, we lost them. You didn't lose them. You know exactly where they're at. And we'll go find them. So death is not that big a thing, basically. Basically, when you finish your, your, your purpose down here, you should just go. It's time to head out. And I'll tell you, being born again is not about going to heaven 
or if when you got born again, God would just kill you and take you to heaven. If that's all it's about, you reached your purpose. Let me kill you now. I got you. Take you up to heaven. But no, no. That's not what it's all about. It's about getting in the kingdom. Heaven is a byproduct of it. And when it comes to you, basically, then you have a purpose down here. And once you get born again, you step into that purpose as a citizen of the kingdom. And what happens? You get all the power you need for whatever you're called to do, the authority that you need, the finances that you need. Everything that you need comes to support you from heaven because it's God's work he sent you to do anyway. And God always pays his bills. Praise God. Well, I mean, when you get in the ministry, you can start to relax because it don't matter how, how, what you're hit with this or hit with that or hit with that. Not my problem. He sent me here. He's supposed to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Then you better get on the stick, God. And you talk to God just like that. Hey, little problem down here. Come on now. And God wants to be talked like a child. He don't want you, oh, dear God, please send me $10 this week. How would you like that if your kids did that? Think about it. Your kid comes up and you say, oh, Dad, please give me $5. You'd slap him, first of all, and you'd probably give him $10. No, we're children of God. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. God wants to supply us. He is excited to give you the entire kingdom, but we won't receive the entire kingdom because we'd rather receive from the earth rather than from our Heavenly Father. So we're cutting down. There's no reason why every Christian or every born-again person, let me not say Christian because some people don't walk in line with the Word of God, every kingdom person shouldn't have all the money they need. Shouldn't have everything that they need. Whether it's a ministry, they should have a building. Whether it's money, they should have money. If it's peace, they should have peace while they're doing what they're supposed to do. Because God's the one who sent you here to do it, and he will supply everything that you need in that area. So here it says, at one time we were aliens. How many of you know we're not aliens anymore? No, we belong to the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of heaven, and we're, we're members of the country of heaven. Right, go to Matthew chapter 4. All right, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand near, or the kingdom is here. So Jesus came. What did he come for? To bring the kingdom that man lost back to mankind. Until Jesus came, they prophesied about the kingdom. They talked about the kingdom. But the kingdom was not available to anyone until Jesus came back and brought the government of God back with him, the kingdom of God. Once you're born into the kingdom of God, all at once spiritual things start to become more real to you, if you stay in the word, than natural things. In other words, natural things don't move you. Spiritual things move you. And the best part of that is the spiritual realm is more powerful than the natural realm. So if you hook up with the spirit realm, you can change the natural realm. If you hook up with the natural realm, you reinforce the natural realm. That's why it's so important to not look at your debts, not look at everything that's going bad and then talking about it because you're just reinforcing the mess in your life and you've already got a mess in your life. It doesn't need your reinforcement. But we're looking at a different plane. That's why we've got the promises of God. And all the promises of God are not future promises. They were in the Old Testament. The promises of God, they are yes and amen. That means that's it. So be it. It's done. Jesus came. What did he do? To fulfill the prophets, to fulfill the law. He didn't come to do away with. He just fulfilled them. So they're already fulfilled. The promise is yours. The promise for wealth belongs to you. Health belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. Joy belongs to you. Victory belongs to you. All these things. And what we've done is we've turned the kingdom of God into a religion. 
We've turned it into a way of doing our own works to receive from a God that we're a little bit afraid of anyway and hoping that he hears my prayer and gives me what I need. But you don't understand when you came in the kingdom, you got everything that you already need and all you've got to do is believe it and enforce that and the kingdom of God will be available to do everything that's in your life. So we have all those things already. But it always taught me, you know, to pray and believe God. You want a new car? You pray and you believe God. So, of course, I wrote the kind of car I wanted down and I wrote the house I wanted down and I wrote everything down and I had it in front of me and I prayed every morning, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that. And then I said, I haven't got it. I've been doing this for three years. And somebody said, well, you just don't have enough faith. So I read the Bible a little bit more because I wanted to get some faith because more faith I got, the better chance I had of getting all this stuff and I just and it didn't work out you know what happened I didn't have enough faith but it wasn't enough faith it was a wrong priority and as soon as I put my priority in the kingdom of God and put it first other than the things I was seeking all at once all the things started to be added to me and I didn't even know where they came from but they were paid for I said paid for I didn't have to borrow $80,000 on a new car just to get it. Plus, I didn't want one that expensive anyway. But all those things started coming in my life. So the problem with the kingdom of God and people basically is not not enough faith necessarily. It's a wrong priority because our priority has been in things rather than in. And, and how do we know that? Because most people are worrying about things. They're not even worried about God or their purpose with God. So all at once your prayers start to change. What do I want? I want God's purpose in my life. What do I want? I want to fulfill whatever he wants me to do. What about a car? I'll get a car, the car I need. If I need a bus, I'll get a bus. If I need a van, I'll get a van. If I need a plane, I'll get a plane. You know, whatever he wants to supply for me. Well, brother so-and-so's got two planes. You ain't got any. Maybe brother and so-so needs two planes, and I don't. Have you ever thought of that? We, we get into competition, don't we? Well, they got a large building. We got a small building. They got this. They got that. I just want what is going to fulfill my ministry for what he called me here to do. Now, how many know you need people? And there's people who have been supplied for me. I didn't go out and petition them. I didn't offer them $100,000 to work under me. Thank God. No, God just draws people to you who you need in the areas that you need. Why? Because it's his plan, his purpose that you're fulfilling, and he needs you to accomplish it and be successful more than you need to be successful because that's what he wants to do in the earth realm right here. So kingdom basically is God's idea, number one. And today what does the church talk about? Mostly it talks about the church and Christianity. Nobody talks about kingdom. Nobody preaches on kingdom. Nobody even mentions kingdom. Can't find a Bible college that even has a course on the kingdom of God. Yet when Jesus came and I go through those darn scriptures, all he talked about was the kingdom of God. Now we've got to figure out, either the church is good and he's confused, or it's the other way around, see? What did Jesus do right off the bat? Hey, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. What was he doing? Trying to bring back the kingdom of God. Not only get you in it, but get it in your heart and in your mouth and in your culture so that other people could see it and experience it. You know, if, you, if you're successful, people would like to be like you. Nobody ever saw a bum walking down the street and said, my God, I hope I turn out like them someday. See, it doesn't work. They don't have money. They don't have anything. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants to be successful. So the more successful you get, the more people come after you, want to know why you're successful, what you're doing, how you're doing it, how it takes effect. And all you can say is, I belong to a different kingdom. I belong to a different country. I get my source from there. I, I walk. I don't worry anymore. I don't fear anymore. I've got peace and joy all the time. And that is attractive to people, especially peace and joy. I'll tell you, people would rather have peace and joy than a million dollars right now. People are messed up, praise God. All right, go to John's Gospel, chapter 3. Okay, John, chapter 3, look at verse 1. 
says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Now we've heard this preached, we've all heard it, basically some of us got born again by it. But notice the main thing about this verse really had nothing to do with the born again, it had to do with entering into heaven, the kingdom of heaven. He says this is the way you enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is how you get in as a kingdom citizen. This is what it's for right here. Jesus only, I think, in born again in the Bible is probably only in here two or three times. The kingdom's in there 165 times. So the priority was probably the kingdom of God, but he says this is the way you get in. Now Nicodemus was a religious man and he, and he was doing everything right and he was on the top of the charts, basically religiously, but notice he still knew in his heart he was missing something. Ever been there? Yeah. Most of us has been there. What We tried religion. We tried to be good little boys and girls. We tried to get God to do something. We begged God to do something. We knelt to get God to do something. We praised to get God to do something. We did everything to get God to do something in religion. But there was still something missing in our lives. But when you find the kingdom of God, you'll find out that it takes care of everything. Those that are poor in spirit, what are they after? They're after the kingdom of God. They're not after religion. So basically what happens is you become a citizen of the kingdom of God when you get born. Just as much as you're a citizen of America. America. So when I got to become a citizen of America, how did I do it? I got born into America. When I became a citizen of another country, dual citizenship in heaven, what did I do? I got born again. Now, if you run into somebody and you say, are you an American citizen? And they said, well, I don't know yet, but I have a flag. How many know they're not an American citizen? They may say, well, I can do the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Well, good for you, but you're still not an American citizen. You must either be born into or be naturalized into in order to do that. Well, there's a lot of people right now going to church thinking they're citizens of heaven. Some are worship leaders. They think they're citizens of heaven. Some people are preachers. They think they're citizens of heaven. But Jesus says right here that you must be born again. And here's everybody's favorite line that doesn't know that. Are you going to heaven? I think I'm a pretty good person. Ever heard that? I think I'm pretty good. You know, I do some bad things, but I do some awful good things too, so I think I'll probably get in. It's not a question of what you do. It's a question of will you get born into that citizenship and into that country by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and basically entering that kingdom. So is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? When's it written in? When you get born again, you're on the registry of heaven because you're now a citizen of heaven itself. So Adam basically was created. He was created as a kingdom citizen, but when he rebelled, he lost that. He claimed independence at that time from God and from the kingdom. And at that time, another kingdom was birthed into the earth, and that's called the kingdom of darkness. So the kingdom of darkness started. It was ushered in. It came in by one man. That one man was Adam. But notice it also came upon all men. How many know that includes you? So when you were born, the kingdom of darkness basically took over on the earth realm. God's in heaven. He's got no citizens down here anymore. So he sends his son, who is a citizen, what to do? to open up the immigration borders once again. He came here to open up the possibility of becoming a citizen of heaven once again by coming here and bringing the kingdom of God and allowing people to be born again into the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom of God. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1.
All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 13, pretty much explains what takes place. Who has delivered us, talking about Jesus, has delivered us from the power or the kingdom of darkness, and at the same time translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now this is good news, ain't it? So they took me out of the kingdom of darkness, they translated me into a new kingdom, which is the kingdom of light or the kingdom of Jesus himself. This is what Jesus came so that you could become a citizen of a spiritual country and under that government and under that king, which is the kingdom of heaven itself. How do we get in there? We get born again. Now, what happens when you enter another kingdom, basically? Like Adam did, Adam basically denounced everything that God gave him. I mean, he denounces peace, he denounces joy. At one time, he was probably not working that hard. All at once, he had a struggle for everything that he got, basically because he had denounced and declared independence from the kingdom of God. So when we declare independence from the kingdom of darkness, we have to start denouncing some things that we had while we were in the kingdom of darkness and start operating in the kingdom of God. There'll be some things that you're supposed to do different and some things you're supposed to quit doing that you were doing when you were in the kingdom of darkness. And once again, that's why we have somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost, praise God. And you can see it even in the natural realm. You know, we came from Britain. We were a colony of Britain at one time and we broke off and we became our own country. But notice, we don't drive on the wrong side of the road. We denounce that. We don't drink tea three times a day. We denounce that. We don't wear short britches and ties in the middle of 90-degree weather. We're smarter than that. So we don't do that. So all those things that at one time Britain was trying to put in us with the culture, we denounced all that stuff, and we started our own way. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. There's things that you have to get rid of. And even when you go to different countries, that's the way. You go to the United States, I mean, we're still pretty good. There's some countries out there. One year we went over to Amsterdam, and we flew in there and went there. And I'll tell you what, you talk about sin city. My goodness, it makes Vegas look like a saint. Why was it? It was, it was simply terrible. There's people sitting on the sidewalk smoking and doing drugs, and it was legal. And they got a strip down there where there's poor places all over where you can rent whoever you want to rent, and it's legal. All that stuff is legal. Well, praise God, what's the difference then? There's a difference between there and the United States, basically, where there's a difference between the kingdom of darkness and also the kingdom of light. So when we get born again, basically, we don't want to remain a citizen locked into the kingdom of darkness. In other words, we don't want to lie like the people down here. We don't want to cheat like the people do down here. We don't want to steal. We don't want to cuss. We don't want to become kingdom criminals. We seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness or right alignment with us and that way all the things that we need are given unto us. So we have citizens in a new country. That new country is called heaven and you are a citizen of that country right now today. Alright, go to Second Corinthians chapter 5. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Now, we read these verses, but we look at them from a religious perspective rather than what they really say. Notice what you said. Therefore, if any man be in Christ or born of the kingdom of God, he is a new creation. When is he a new creation? When he dies and goes to heaven? When he does a whole bunch of good things and God says, Woohoo, now you're a new creation? 
No, the day that you got born again in the kingdom of God, you became at that time a brand new species of being that never existed before. You became spiritually a brand new creation. So what does religion tells you? Religion wants you to spend the rest of your life doing your best to become a brand new creation. And you're going to do that through your own works again, aren't you? Well, when I get good enough, when I have a good day, and then you'll have a good day, and you'll whoo, and then you'll have a bad day, and, and then a good day, and whoo, why are Christians up and down? This is why. Uh, whoo, uh, whoo, uh, whoo. You know, they have a good day, then they have a bad day. They have a good day. But it's not based on your performance. It's based on what he did for you and the blood that was provided for you, and that doesn't change from day to day. So the more that I believe what's written here, that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, I'm no longer a druggie. I'm no longer an alky. I'm no longer a cusser. I'm no longer a bad days guy. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have, how many know that's good news? But people claim them. Are you saved? Yeah, I'm saved. But I still got this problem, that problem, that problem, that problem. Whether you're going to have that problem, that problem. Because you have authority to get whatever you want through the spiritual realm. You can go ahead and claim that the rest of your life. You claim you're an alcoholic, I guarantee you, you'll struggle with alcohol your entire life. You claim you got a porno problem, you'll have a porno problem your whole life. See, why is that? Because you're not thinking those old things have passed away and all things have become new. Now look at the next verse, what it says in verse 18. And all these things are of who? Of God. You didn't take on anything of the devil. You didn't take on anything of the flesh. You didn't take on anything. You became a brand new creation. And basically at that time, old things passed away. So I've got to line up with the word of God. And I've got to see who I became spiritually. Because how many of you know, what, you're here one day, you get saved, you go to the mirror, you don't look any different. You don't go and say, wow, you look a lot better now since you're born again. I can see you're righteous and holy. No, you couldn't see any of that stuff. So we're going to have to see something that can't be seen because of the word of God and believe that and that what rid people of that's what gets them delivered that's what gets them free you can deliver somebody a hundred times but if they don't change the perspective of who they are you're going to be delivering them again and again and again because they still believe who they are are you following me you know, I'm an alcoholic off of him in Jesus name you break that spirit off and they go how you doing I'm an alcoholic but I just got free boy I've been, I'm an alcoholic all the time and pretty soon they're coming back to you and say I don't think it worked oh yeah it worked it worked. And then you think, well, I ain't praying for anybody because it didn't work. Well, yeah, it worked. They just took it back. So you just claimed it back. Same way I've had a lot of people when I lay hands on them get healed. Hallelujah. I'm healed. But notice, their healing was based on the feeling and not on the word. So when the feeling came back that they weren't healed anymore, guess what? All at once, I'm sick again. I'm healed. I'm sick. I'm sick. You can't go back and forth. You either are a new creation or you're not. You're either healed or you're not. You're either blessed or you're not. You're either filled or you're not. You're either all these things or you're not, depending. And how did I get all these things? I got them because I'm a citizen of a country called the kingdom. That's my basis for it. The word of God tells me who I am and what my divine rights are. So the old things of my life have passed away. They're not passing away. They have passed away and all things have become New. So if one thing i got to do, i got to get off my own performance. People say, well, pride is just thinking you're real good. No, pride is being stupid and thinking you can take care of what Jesus already provided. That's pride. See? You tell people you're righteous, they get mad at you. But I'll tell you what, he provided it for me. I'm not going to deny what he provided, then try to do something to change it or make him come down and do it again. He's not going to go to the cross a second time. He already went one time, and that's enough for all of us. But see, but see we're taught religion, and we want to live by the natural. We want to see what we see in the natural realm, and we were going to go with that. That's not the way. You're not who you used to be. You are somebody different. So new, new, basically, kingdom citizens are new creations. Old things 
have passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are of who? God. Now, is God sickly, depressed, down and out, broke, sad? Then, then that stuff isn't yours. See, that doesn't belong to you. You were of the devil at one time. Before you got born again, you were the kingdom of darkness, and basically you had that nature on the inside. But when you got born again, that nature by a miracle, say miracle. My God, what a miracle that was. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what happened. All at once, I didn't want to do what I used to do two days ago for some reason. What was fun and exciting for me, going out and partying and getting drunk with the guys and having fun, just didn't appeal to me that much anymore because what was on the inside of me was knocking at my heart and saying, that's not who you are anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that to have fun. You don't have to do that to have joy. Praise God. I'm looking for the day when we get kingdom citizens who are stable. I've been looking for that for a long time. I don't think, I don't know if I'm going to find it or not, to be sure, but people who are just stable. Well, how do I stay stable? I stay on the truth that the Word of God says who I am and that I'm a citizen and all these things were given to me as part of citizenship. That's what heaven is. It's just a byproduct of being saved, basically. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. What actually happened when you got born again, you're just getting a second chance that Adam blew the first chance. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 22. Here it tells you that you, say me, you have to put off concerning the former conversation or lifestyle, the old man, before you were born again, before you got in the kingdom of God, he was corrupt according to deceitful lust. How many agree with that? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, this is the new creation, which after God is created in righteousness and in what? True holiness. Now notice, he's not going to be created. He is created in righteous and true holiness. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ and what he provided for us. He did all the work. We just receive what he did. So all you have to do is believe that, convince yourself of it, and you'll start walking in that stuff. How did you become righteous? You got born again. How did you become holy? You got born again. How did you become a new creation? You got born again. How did you get delivered? You got born again. How did you get blessed? You got born again. All these things came. Now look where the change takes place. You have to be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind. Say spirit of your mind. All right, so I'm not going to look at my conduct as being terrible and try my best to correct my conduct. I'm going to change the way I'm thinking about the problem that I have. In other words, if I got a problem with anger that I get mad and scream and holler every time, I'm not going to try to, in my own self, stop getting angry. I'm going to see myself as someone who's patient and not angry, and as I do that, anger will leave my life. If you fight against it in your own efforts of trying to get rid of it, you'll never get rid of it because you can't do it in your own efforts. If you could, everybody in the Old Testament could have got saved. They could have did it themselves. They could have got rid of all their sins, but they couldn't. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to fight these things. When I was an alcoholic, I wasn't going to say, oh, I'm just going to do my best not to drink, not to drink. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink. Guys are going out tonight, but I'm not going to drink. Uh, we're going to have some good times, but I'm not going to drink. And you know what happened? I'd come back drunk every single night. And you know what you do? The same thing I did before I got born again. That's it. You, that's the last time. Anybody ever did that? That's the last time that I'm going to drink. I'll tell you right now, that is it. Well, sure, at 8 o'clock in the morning when you feel like crap because you drank all night, that's a good time to make that proclamation. But at night again, when your friends come around and it's pate time, it's a lot harder to make that again, see? 
So what do you do? You take it back up. But you've got to understand that you're not an alcoholic. You've been delivered from that. You're a new creation. And when you get that revelation of it, that stuff will flee from your life. Now notice it says you have to be renewed, not only in your mind, but where? In the spirit. Say the spirit. Spirit of your mind. Now the spirit basically and the soul. A lot of times the Bible talks about your heart. A lot of times the word there is your spirit and your soul coming together. So in other words, when I'm convinced in my spirit that I'm not an alcoholic through the word of God, basically it renews my mind to have thoughts of me not drinking. If I don't renew my mind in the spirit, then I still see myself as an alcoholic, even though I'm claiming with my mouth that I'm not an alcoholic and I feel like I'm lying. Ever happen? This happens with healing. You got a pain in your body and you know you're supposed to say you're healed, but you know you're not healed and you feel terrible, but you're walking into church and everybody's going to want to know what you say. So you say, how you doing? Healed. I'm healed. And even in your own mind, you're saying, boy, am I a liar. I'm healed, but I'm a liar. Why is that? Because you've not changed it in the spirit of your mind, your imagination to where you see yourself as that. And this is where, we can't go into it tonight, but this is where meditation comes into effect. When you sit down and pray in the Holy Ghost, you see yourself as a new creation. You see yourself winning every single battle. You see yourself with the power of God. You see yourself laying hands on the sick and they recover. You see yourself casting devils out and them gone. You see yourself till you get to the point to where if you never even did it one time in your life, you still see yourself doing it. I preached to thousands of people before I preached. Why? Because it was right in here. I saw myself preaching. I saw myself laying hands. I saw myself getting revelation. I saw myself doing these things. I hadn't even did them in the natural realm yet, but on the inside of me, I mean, there's people out there who tell the same story so many times and it's not even true that they actually believe it after a while. Why is that? Because they said it so many times and meditated on it, they actually believe the darn thing's true, even though it's not true because it got in their imagination and they see themselves as doing that. So I'm going to change my imagination. I'm going to not see myself as a loser anymore. I'm going to see myself as a sinner anymore. I'm going to see myself as a failure anymore. I'm going to see myself as more than a cocker. I'm going to see myself. But what do I have to do? I have to look at things that are not seen rather than things that are seen. How many know that's a scripture? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe, verse 18. So what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to look at me being righteous and holy more than I look at me being a sinner and failure. Because whichever one I look at most, my imagination's going to, going to take over. Do you see? You're going to see that. You're going to happen. That's why you've got to be very careful because your imagination will run wild with you if you let it. I mean, you, you get to a place where you're so paranoid you think everybody in the church hates your guts. And nobody even hardly knows you're alive to hate your guts, for goodness sakes. See what I mean? It happened. And I mean, the devil, the devil's good at imagination, you know? Somebody walks in here, and I'm getting ready for my sermon and everything, and somebody walks up and hugs me, and then I turn around to get my notes, and they were standing there in line to hug me next, and there it is. I knew it. I missed church on Wednesday, and that pastor's mad at me, and he doesn't like me anymore, and he doesn't love me anymore. I said, that's the way this church is. There's no love in this church whatsoever, and I can't wait to go to the next church because it... Well, what happened? Nothing. You just, you just went off on your own tangent. Come on. And all at once you're, you're gone crazy over something that didn't even take place, for God's sakes. And that's the way your mind will go. And you concentrated on it long enough. Now you're in unforgiveness. Now you're in offense. And all at once, hey, I ain't getting anything from God. No, you're not. You're not even in the kingdom of God. How can you get anything from him? You're not even hooked up. And we get to that place where we're not hooked up from him anymore. And then pretty soon, long enough, you'll probably need deliverance because you went in that direction. But your imagination will run wild with you. That's why people got low self-esteem. That's why people suffer from rejection. Because everybody rejects them. Even if they're nice to you, bring you a cake and everything else, they did something wrong to reject you. Maybe, maybe it was only a one-layer cake. 
and everybody else gets a two-layer cake. See, you can go wherever you want in your mind, but that, that's what we're doing here. We're, we're renewing the spirit of our mind. We're seeing things. So I want to look at myself as righteous. I want to look at myself as holy. I want to look at myself from the other person's perspective. God, this is big. Because not everybody, believe it or not, thinks like you. And get this, not everybody may even agree with you. See? But you're looking at it from a different perspective. Now, I'm not saying your perspective is right or theirs is right, but I'm telling you, you've got to consider their perspective, and that's why they're acting and responding the way they are. So you don't want to attack them, because when you attack somebody who really thinks they're right, I mean, no, that doesn't work. You might as well just run out the door and forget it at that time. No, you just let it go. You let them learn. You pray, pray about the Holy Ghost on them or whatever. But basically what happens is, is people think different things. You get somebody from a different country, they think a different thing. You get somebody who was born up in a city where there's all kind of you know, black, white, Spanish, everybody else, they don't have a problem. You get born up in a little town where there's never been a black person who entered that city limits in like 4,000 years, they got a different opinion when they go to a place where there's black people then. And why is that? It's because nobody understands spiritual things again. How can you get up with, set with somebody just because they're living in a black house rather than a white house? See? I'm not going to get mad at you because your house is block. I just got a frame house. You live in a block house? I ain't talking to you anymore. Praise God, that's it. You got a, you got a block house? I got a frame house. Because what are we? We're the house. This is the house out here. It don't matter what color it is. We're spiritual beings for God's sakes. And that causes more rifts. Look at the world right now. Dear Lord, everybody mad at everybody because of what color they are, how tall they are, what they do, what they don't do, because people don't understand spiritual things. Everybody's a spiritual just living in this body. Praise God. So as we get that revelation, you won't have a problem getting along with other people who are not quite like you in that area. All right, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. All right, Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 1. It says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. All right, what's it talking about here? Here's Paul coming to them and saying, hey, you're looking at the earth, you're looking for earth things, you're fighting, you're scrapping, you're doing all this stuff. It's because you're looking at the wrong things. You're looking at earthly things rather than at the things that are above. Well, what's above? Well, you're above because you're seated at the right hand of the Father. You've been raised and seated in heaven places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. You also got anointing, you've got power, you've got all these things. So I'm going to look at those things up here. I'm going to see myself anointed. I'm going to meditate on me being anointed. Why? Because I want to be anointed? No, because I am, and the Word tells me that I am. But you still got to see it in the spirit of your mind in order for it to manifest through your spirit into your life. So what am I doing? Let's go to verse, I think it's verse 10. Yeah, verse 10. And you have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Notice what happens. You get knowledge. Where do you get knowledge from? Knowledge comes out from the mouth of God. After the image of him that did what? Created him. So who am I being renewed after? In the image, where's your image? Where do you imagine things? Your imagination. In the image of him who created you. Well, who created you? The devil? 
No, God created you. So I'm going to meditate on the things to be like in the image of Jesus Christ. And we were told to never claim to be anything like Jesus. My, Jesus is here, you're here. He's a winner, you're a loser. He's great, you stink. He's a victor, you're nothing. But all that was separating us because people were ignorant of understanding God wants you to be just like Jesus down here because the Holy Ghost that was in Jesus happens to be on the inside of you tonight. And everything Jesus did was by the Spirit of God, and everything that we do is by the unction of the Spirit of God also. So we want to look. So if I can see myself healed, I'll live that way. If I can see myself powerful, I'll live that way. If I can see myself prosperous, I'll live that way. If I can see myself a new creation, I'll live that way. If I see myself a citizen of the kingdom of God, I will live that way. You will see what you look at. Spiritual law. You will eventually see, I'm talking about in your imagination, what you look at and what you will be, what you see. So I'll see what I look at. If I see myself anointed, then I will be what I see, which is anointed and operate in the anointing. And once again, we're not doing this to try to get something. We're trying to do this to receive what he already gave you. Everything you get from God, you receive from God. Basically, it has nothing to do with what you did do or didn't do. You can't earn anything from God. Nothing at all. It's already been provided for each and every one of us. And he did that basically because he knew we would screw it up anyway. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Okay, so you became a citizen of heaven. Basically, you are created after God in righteousness and holiness. You have been made righteous by what God did for you. It's all been completed so that you can receive the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, the Spirit of God once again. The Bible says that you are a temple of the living God. It's funny because Paul said that one place in Corinthians, and then later on he said, What? Don't you know? So you know, he said it. Gee, how many times am I going to have to say this? What? Don't you are? No, you are. So we went over it again. All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, praise God, but you're in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Does he dwell in you? Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is what? He is none of his. So when you got born again, you became a citizen of the kingdom of God. God at that time came to live on the inside of you. Your nature was changed. God came to live on the inside of you. This is the determination of whether someone is actually saved or not. Is the spirit of God in them? Are they born again? Are they a citizen of the kingdom of God? And was it all done because of what Jesus did on the cross, not what they've done since that time? Once again, you cannot earn these things. So what happens? We not only become like God in values in morals, in conduct, in ways, but actually we almost become him down here. Are you following me? I said that in one sermon one time, I, everybody got mad at me. But yeah, that's what he wants. He wants us to be just like Jesus was. He wants us to open blind eyes. He wants us to cast the devil out of people. He wants us to live in peace and joy. He wants us to love one another. Praise God. That's what he's got us here to do. We're accepted. And the Bible says one place the Jews are supposed to see us and say, hey, we're God's people. How come they're living in victory? How come they're living in peace? How come they're living in joy? How come when I cuss them out, they say, bless you? What's the matter with these people? What's it? And they're going to finally say, well, what we're doing definitely ain't working. We might as well go with those stupid Gentiles and see what's going on, praise God. And that's what it's all about. It's about being an example for everyone else and living a kingdom lifestyle. So what happens? Just like in a colony. 
You've got a colony, and let's say that Britain wanted to take over the Bahamas. The first thing they do is they go in there, and they build a great big mansion, and they put the governor in there from their place. What's the governor? He's somebody that knows Britain well, knows all the laws, knows how to act, knows all the rules. He's put there to try to help all the Bohemian people live and act like British people because it's a colony. So there he is. He's seeing over all that stuff. He's watching over it. He's making sure that people drink tea. He's making sure that people drive on the wrong side of the road. He's making sure they wear ties in 100-degree weather. He's making sure of all this stuff because they want them to be just like the British people, even though they're in the Bahamas and have never been to Britain. All right? Well, we've never been to heaven yet, but we can be colonized down here by somebody called the governor, which is the Holy Ghost, and let me tell you, he knows kingdom of God. He knows how to act. He knows the morals. He knows the rules. He knows the law, and he's on the inside of you doing this. But the best part about that is whenever they move the, the governor to a place, they, make, they don't put him in a hut. They put him in this great big mansion. And now here on the earth, the governor came, and guess where his mansion is? Look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah, we're, we're the house. We're the governor's mansion, praise God. But how many know when Baham, Bohemian, the Bahama people took back their independence, the gov- first thing that happened was the, government, the governor left because he was no longer needed there. Same thing happened when Adam sinned. We lost the governor. The Holy Ghost left. But now the governor has come back. And when you get born again in the kingdom of God, he now comes to live on the inside of you. And what's he doing in there? He's lining you up with the kingdom of God. So if God lives in love, then we act in love. If God walks in his ways, we walk in his ways. And the Bible says, you know, there's a narrow way and there's a broad way. But the narrow way is the way to do it. That's the way to life and peace. What is that narrow or that narrow way. The narrow way is the kingdom of God. How many know you have to seek that? The broad way, you don't ever have to read your Bible. You'll have no problem living in a broad way. You live like everybody else out there who are kingdom citizens are living just like the devil anyway, and just like other Christians live, and you can do whatever you want to do because that's God loves everybody. You know, go ahead and sin. Don't make any difference. But they don't know that that sin's not hurting God. It's hurting them because it's disconnecting them from their rights. Because when you become a spiritual criminal, you lose some of your rights. Just like when you become a criminal in the United States, you lose some of the rights that you had before when they lock you up. So basically, we want to walk in those things. We want to walk in peace. We've got somebody that helps us do that, that walks in peace and joy. Why? Because he wants you victorious in every area of your life. All right, go to First Peter chapter 1. The clock's moving way too fast tonight. All right, 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 22. Here it says that seeing you, say me, notice, you have purified your souls. How did I purify my soul? I obeyed the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. You were born, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Okay, everything that you see on the earth realm came from a seed. Every orange tree came from a seed. Seed, orange tree, seed, orange tree, seed, orange tree. Animal, cow, 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 cow. A cow never reproduced and a horse came out. A dog never reproduced and a cat came out. Here he says that we were born again of an incorruptible seed. 
Well, that incorruptible seed is God himself. So if I'm born from that seed, I have to be like that seed or I wouldn't match up with the seed. Are you listening? My gosh, that's who you are. That's who you've become. That's what you are. You're a seed of that. Now, notice we were a seed of it corruptible at one time, weren't we? Because we were born of the devil, basically, and born of those things. But we're a seed. If people go around and say, I'm just a loser, I can't do nothing, I'm a failure, well, then you're like a horse that came out of a cow. It doesn't even make sense. There's some people who want to be a half breed. You know, I'm half good, half bad, half righteous, half unrighteous. I don't know what I am. Depends what day it is, going back and forth. But it's not that way. There are no hybrids in the kingdom of God. You are in the image and likeness. And it comes through obeying the word of God through the spirit of God. Now, where's the spirit of God? On the inside of you, isn't he? So you're going to hear that still small voice at times. And it may correct you or it may tell you something to do. And you will know if you're plugged into God when you made the wrong decision. You won't have to go three days to figure it out. As soon as you make it and walk away, you'll say, my gosh, that was stupid. I did something wrong there, and I need to correct it. So what do we do? We correct it. It's a way of learning. It's a way of doing things. You say something to somebody. You probably shouldn't have said it. And the Holy Ghost says, Ugh. and you go, oh, well, they deserved it. They deserved it. <laughs> you don't know what they did to me. See, then we want to argue with him sometimes. But no, it's on the inside. So we're going to obey the truth, which is the word of God. Now, in order to obey the truth, how many of you think that you might have to know the truth? See, and the problem is in the kingdom of God and Christianity, you can barter. You can negotiate. Yeah. See, you can't in the kingdom of God. You've got to obey everything that's here. When it says, bless those who curse you, it doesn't say when you feel like it. It doesn't say, depending on how bad they, they cursed you, it's bless those who curse you. So we've got to follow that, and we've got to do that. Now, Christianity didn't cuss anybody out, and everybody pat them on the back and say they probably deserved it, see? Because once again, there's a difference between, I hope you can see it, there's a difference between kingdom and a difference between Christianity. And I'm not saying Christianity's wrong. I'm telling you it's turned into a religion. The whole thing's been turned into a religion. And this has nothing to do with a religion. The United States has nothing to do with religion. It has a government. It gives you laws, and you obey the laws, and you get benefits. It's all legalities. It doesn't have anything to do with religion. Same way the kingdom of God. Jesus came to bring a government. We're under the government of God now. We're under the government of heaven. So we obey the heaven. But you have to read the Constitution. You have to read the Constitution. I think of the Holy Ghost as GPS. You know? Like your phone, if I don't know where I'm going, I just plug it in, and it'll tell you what time you even get there, for God's sakes, and you haven't even left yet. But it'll tell you the roads to take, and which roads to take, and which not roads to take, and sometimes it'll tell you, detour, crash ahead, take this route, it'll be better for you. Well, that's the way the Holy Ghost is. He says, go here, go there. Sometimes he says, don't go there. There's a crash there. You want to get around, get around that thing. You want to do this or that. So the Holy Ghost is leading you and guiding you. Not every second of every day. You don't have to get up and say, Holy Ghost, shall I brush my teeth? Brush your teeth. See, we're not getting super spiritual here. You're living your life, but the Spirit of God is still involved in your life as you go through the day. There's normal things that we do every single day, and you don't have to hear the voice of God in order to do those things, but you will hear the voice of God at times if you're aware of what's coming. So the Spirit of God's on the inside of us, basically. And what's he doing? He's leading and guiding us in all truth. All right, we're, where are we at? We're in First Peter. Let's just stay there. I'll skip down here. First Peter chapter... Two. Go to First Peter chapter two. All right, look at verse nine. Here's the finale of the kingdom of God people. You are now a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and bless God, you are a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him 
He's the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Praise God. So this shows you where we're going to go. We've been rescued out of darkness into light. But now what are we supposed to do in the light? Help people who are still in darkness. And what do we do? We give them truth. We don't get extra spiritual. We don't do anything else. We just tell them there's a better way. There's a better life. There's a better way of doing things. There's a kingdom out there and bring them into the kingdom of God through the new birth. And when they get in there, the change will happen on the inside of them. I mean, each and every one of us, I had no idea I got born again, but I knew something happened, but I sure as heck didn't know what it was because nobody ever told me, but something changed. You know, the likes I didn't like anymore, the other things I did, started reading the Bible all the time, started giving, didn't even know there was such a thing as tithing, just started sending money or whatever. That's because there's a change on the inside. And everybody you run into who's not born of the kingdom of God still has that old nature on the inside of them. So you look at them and say, how can they be so stupid? How can they act like that? Whether they're just acting normal for what they have on the inside of them, and you have to see them that way. What do you think they're going to do? I mean, that's who they are. And then, then you just stop for a minute and remember when you were like that. Not once they don't look so bad. Yeah, we do that sometimes with our kids, don't we? Don't do this. Don't do that. I would never do that. And then you leave and say, gosh, I guess I did that all the time when I was younger. You know, I just <laughs> did it all the time. But praise God, we're rising up. We're understanding the kingdom of God. We're following the kingdom of God. But you are a citizen tonight, not only of the earth and not only America, but also of heaven tonight, praise God. And you've got, I loved it when Jesus said, hey, I could have called down a bunch of angels and just squashed every one of you guys, you know. Why? He knew he was connected to another kingdom, but he knew he had a plan and a job to do also. Or then he didn't call him down and he went ahead and did it, praise God. So hallelujah, each and every one of you here are kingdom people. Glory to God, you've got peace and joy and power and love on the inside of you. Just through the Holy Ghost, stay in the scriptures. Let him build that on the inside of you. See yourself as who you really are, and you will live like who you really are. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the kingdom revelation you continue to give us, Father. We thank you for calling us to a purpose and plan. Praise God. It's so good to be here for a reason. I thank you that we'll have an effect on people this week. The opportunities will be there. We thank you that your spirit continues to GPS us all over the place. And we thank you for the anointing on our lives and the authority that you've given us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. the key.